0: Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 487.
1: This week on the podcast, the New Hampshire primary and Iowa caucus were both over before they started.
0: Plus, Tim Scott is now fake engaged to his fake girlfriend because now he'll be the v- material, I guess.
1: And Joe Biden is staking his entire campaign on the one issue he doesn't personally care about at all. Plus,
0: Dean Phillips is getting bad media advice, which is weird considering his family tree.
1: And does Donald Trump have leprosy? The internet speculates.
0: We'll have all this and more.
1: This is Brain Trust Live. Hey, y'all. I'm Brent.
0: I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com.
1: We um, still have a podcast, guys. <laughs> Coming back <laughs> at, at you after a month concerned. and a half. <laughs> listen.
0: Listen, you have to take a break. You got to take a break sometimes. And sometimes you're living through one of the stupider presidential elections in history. Oh and listen, we love presidential politics. Love it. To the extent that we started a podcast like twelve years ago where <laughs> right. we were just gonna speculate breathlessly right. about every move in the presidential right. race. And I have been We've finding and I don't traveled
1: know. traveled if... to multiple caucuses, We've including trabe- the Iowa caucus, right. which happened the last... while while we were on break, and I didn't even watch the television on the day that it happened. No. Because I was gonna why say why bother.
0: I feel like and we'll
1: get to that in a bit, but I mean
0: Part of what's so <laughs> frustrating here is that I like this great love of mine, which is following presidential primary politics, has been ripped from me, by a political class that doesn't care about running good politics or having an interesting primary at all. I know. So instead, I did watch the results in Iowa. I
1: know, you did. You were texting me and I was like, cool.
0: I <laughs> kept Brent updated about which counties they had CNN reporters in. Oh, sure. Right, now. And what their high schools looked like in those counties. Because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also trying to figure out where those counties were in relation to other counties that I also didn't know where they were. <laughs> um, and look, there was a lot going on for the last month in that the entire nation got COVID. So yeah. we've all been struggling with brain fog. The entire, it was the whole <laughs> sure. country. Yeah. Had, and and that's not helping make this news coverage any more interesting. No. Um, and then also the sort of last, what I would call medium interesting candidate in the presidential race Dropped out before the Iowa primary because Chris Christie left. Oh, yeah. And left in like a kind of mic droppy way where he didn't even endorse on his way out. He was just like, fuck all of you. <laughs> right. And so we go into the Iowa caucuses. There is no Democratic caucus, in part because it's an incumbency year, but also in part because there's no more Democratic caucus.
1: That's right. We witnessed we the last one. Because we
0: witnessed the last one. And I can see what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it's too bad because one thing I will say is I that year which was only four years ago, that we went to all of those caucuses, I think I gained a little bit of an appreciation for the caucus system. Like, there was something nice about...
1: We went to the Nevada caucus, We went to the
0: Nevada caucus, too. There was something nice about everybody, like, coming together in a room and, like, sort of figuring out how to count and then figuring out how to vote together in a sort of community way. Like, I thought it was kind of sweet. Yeah. And if only they had been able to figure out how to count, that tradition might have been able to continue. That was the
1: real issue, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a math problem
0: (laughs) that it turned out... It turned out that the challenge of the caucus was not getting everyone into the room, oddly.
1: No. That
0: worked out fine. It was the challenge of counting people once they were right. in the
1: room. And in terms of like being in the room isn't even necessarily important to the counting because uh, the Republican caucus was called before the doors were even closed this year. It,
0: one, of, <laughs> one of the mysterious things about the results tonight in New Hampshire and the results yeah. in the Iowa caucus last week is that the Iowa caucus results were called before anyone had actually voted and there was obviously some sort of conspiracy going on with televised news and the new hampshire primary results because they waited like 20 minutes past when the new york times had called it
1: right the ap politico everybody called it at the second that the polls closed which was at eight even though most of the polls closed at seven right. So they had enough votes really and also, to see the writing we control, had enough but...
0: information to call it at 5 a.m well that's what i was going
1: to say like we should tell you that we're recording this on tuesday night because you know we were thought to ourselves oh, we'll record it, and then we'll do sort of something that feels almost live, which is rare right. for us, because we're usually exactly. just covering the week's news. But to a degree, we could have recorded the results of the New Hampshire primary for you yesterday. That's right. Before they happened.
0: Could have recorded them last week. It, there's right. not one time in history that we could have not <laughs> right. effectively reported on this event. And that's because we, unlike CNN, could see the writing on the wall, not even from exit polls, but just from our feelings.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's what I feel like I have just been going on a tirade to anyone who will listen. And I will happily do it again on this podcast because that's what we do here. Yeah. But it's this charade of this Republican primary. And we've talked about it before with the ridiculousness of the debates and the fact that, you know, people who are not polling better than Marianne Williamson is in the Democratic primary have had seven different town halls hosted by CNN. Right. I mean, the whole thing is bonkers, but the idea that it has to be a news event this evening, where CNN has all seventy-four of the political commentators weighing in on this, and they keep we, making
0: key race alerts
1: that aren't information at all. We know. We we been new, right? We it, this is so stupid. The idea and the idea that Nikki Haley is now in a two-person race with Donald Trump, uh, she's no more in a two-person do- race with Donald Trump than you or I are. I
0: know. I mean. It's funny to watch her. So we did watch her concession speech. Oh. Which
1: was... Super happy about having uh, lost yet again.
0: I mean, couldn't have been more upbeat about the prospects of her going and getting absolutely getting trounced... Second in that
1: two-person race. <laughs> in her home
0: state, which is her next move is getting oh, trounced yeah. in her home state and having her political career destroyed. But she couldn't be more pumped because super she... Stoked. I mean, the fact that she got within a mystery amount of points of Donald Trump and the reason she made that speech when she did is because that... Margin is about to widen. Right now, they're about nine points off. I suspect by the end of this uh, evening, we're going to find out that they were more like 15, yeah, 20 Dave, points uh, off. Yeah,
1: Dave Wasserman has sort of like looked at the numbers that have come in, um, and he said that it seems like they're tracking pretty close to the polling average, which was yeah. certainly in double digits. But even if she gets, even if she loses by one point, right. I, I mean, Doesn't we're, she we're living in a world where like, you know, she was supposed to, the latest polls going into the caucus had her in second she got third she lost ron santos who has also since dropped out and now she's in this two-person race that she wanted, and she's probably going to lose by at least 10 points. And like you said, then she goes to South Carolina. The polling there, she's down by 40 points. Right. After that, it's Nevada. She's down there by, like, 60 points. And that was the latest poll from there that I could find was a week ago. And that, in, in second place, was Ron DeSantis there, Yeah. by the way. And then there's Super Tuesday. Oh, there's Michigan in between there, which mm-hmm. is Trump place. There's Missouri, obviously, a Trump place. Like, she, there's, not a, a, there's not a world, which is sort of my rage at this whole operation, yeah is that the we have been led by the media and whoever else to and I realize raging at the media is not really a hot take but like (laughs) you know it's just so stupid that like people are even talking about this I had a friend of mine the other day who's like only sort of vaguely interested in politics but like lives in the northeast was kind of like uh, uh, you know what if if you're a democrat do we want it to be Trump or do we want it to be Haley and it's like we could want it to be Jesus Christ it doesn't it doesn't matter. Right. It, because... it is not going to be Nikki Haley, so our feelings don't matter, it's a, right? That's but, a, a, and we're just all supposed to go around and like be real jazzed about like some two person competition that's happening, and it's not. This is no. not a thing that's happening.
0: No, but it's it, it it's like the entire like twenty four hour news apparatus is like banking on this being their. Th- their hot season. Yeah. And they're fucked.
1: Well, and to your point, it was wild that they waited 30 minutes to call this when literally everyone else called just, it at the top of the hour. They were like, the how are we,
0: closed. probably like, how are we going to fill another 16 hours of air with right. speculation about this race that has been a foregone conclusion since For the beginning of time? <laughs>
1: right. Yeah.
0: Like, the, how, how, we just need to buy ourselves half an hour of exciting reportage in yeah. order to, I mean... This is a sort of, this is old hat of the CNN and MSNBC variety. It's, as you might remember, why I stopped watching MSNBC news coverage is because they sometimes during the Democratic primary were holding calls just for the excitement of reporting on exit polls that were showing the opposite of what they claimed would be happening (laughs) in the future. And then, you know, I've done on many tirades about the Michigan 2016 Democratic primary coverage. And I've. Well, I'll probably do it again at some point, but you guys sure. don't need to hear it now. My point is that they are um, sort of trying to create an event out of nothing, obviously, because they that this is their busy season and they don't right. have anything to do in their busy season, and that's <laughs> right. too bad. Um, but also they have to fill all day with news, and this is the only thing that's happening today, yeah. so they've got to deal with that. It's just, it's funny because they're trying to rely on, you know, they've they've evolved a the whole language of reporting on um Elections, so they have you know we, we know about the key race alerts and there's like news. Mm, sure. I mean, there's graphics and there's sound effects and there's all you know these there's all this stuff that they've kind yeah. of evolved to make there's it more like a board. sport. They have the big board. Mm-hmm. They're always they're, there's always some interactive thing where they're mm-hmm. like looking for the one fact that's not available on the interactive <laughs> screen or whatever. <laughs> right. They're constantly running into this problem, but. They have evolved like an entire language of reporting on this. Right. And there was like no place for it right now.
1: Right. They kept going back to like results from the 2020 right. primary, which had like 74 different candidates. And like Ted Cruz had 12 percentage points. And they were trying to compare how many votes Donald Trump had gotten in that race to right. how many Nikki Haley was getting in this race. And it was like, it was all irrelevant information in a world right. where A, it's a blowout. And B, like the, the numbers, the, that math doesn't have anything to do with anything.
0: Right. When on the other hand... The other weird thing that was going on in New Hampshire is they're having a non-sanctioned Democratic primary today too. Yes, that Joe Biden won as a writing candidate. Right, because um, he's not participating in it because you know
1: they he's, changed the map. They changed, right. so yeah. he's not. They're right. It's the DNC is claiming that this is not a real thing. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, but people are still participating in the charade. Sure. Um, my mom called me this morning and said that if she was voting in this fake primary, that she would vote for Marianne Williamson. Yeah, Warming warming Brent's heart. I did it. Because she's the only anti-war candidate in the race, and listen.
1: I turned one person into a Marianne Williamson. In a a
0: theoretical race that's not real. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, that's sort of like the other bizarre thing that's happening in New Hampshire tonight. And because of that, the news can't really report on that. They did project Biden to be the winner of that right Right. away. But because it was both fake and also... Because um, there's like seventy percent, seventy
1: percent of the ballots are are write-in ballots, so you right. can assume now there was a, a a small push among mostly young voters to write in ceasefire. So <laughs> there's some of those some of those I, write-in ballots may be for ceasefire, but probably not enough. to, love to find not, out. Enough, not enough to put Dean Phillips over the top. That's I don't think. Probably how ceasefire
0: but, um, did in that race.
1: Uh, we will we'll find out.
0: I guess we'll find out. Yeah. No. But in any case, save your eyes and don't worry about the results Yeah, I
1: mean, of, we'll keep telling you, obviously, because it's still enjoyable for right. us. But, like, it, it just the idea that, like, you the should be... The winner's Donald Trump. <laughs> the, correct. We, we at Brain Trust Live can project the winner of the entire Republican primary as Donald Trump. Yeah.
0: And the only... So, there's been a lot of speculation also tonight about whether Nikki Haley should drop out, when she should drop out, blah, blah, blah. And the one thing I've been thinking, which is... I don't know... I haven't fully thought it through, obviously, but also, I think not in line with what a lot of other political analysts are thinking, is... I think that she should not ever drop out because I feel like, A, there is a world in which Donald Trump falls fast and hard for legal reasons by surprise at a random time. And sure. if she drops out for her own self, she'll never be the candidate. No one would pick her to be the candidate right. if the she's thing. dropped out. If it's, right, right, if, if she it's,
1: drops out, then they pick... You know, behind closed doors exactly. at the convention, and there's not a world where Nikki the Republicans are picking Nikki Haley no. to be the nominee. Right
0: but there now. is a world where that's the case if she's the only person left in the race, <laughs> sure, and she can pull some delegates in. You know, sure. I mean, there's a world in which this could just be a gamble that she tries to take. And here's the thing, she's about to ruin her political career, so well, go for it.
1: Well, that's a thing. Well, I, I think the question for her will be, does she actually want to? Because she, she has done it. It's too well, late. My, I don't the, know that that's true because I think I, that I think that there, she's still. I think the the most embarrassing thing for her to do, and she would have to drop out at that point, is to lose her own Humphrey. state that she was the governor of twice by forty points.
0: Good news that will happen. Well, so. I know,
1: but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think just for her, it's, it's I, it. For At this point for her, I think it's probably more a personal choice, just regardless of whether she'll be continued to be funded or not. It's just like, does she want that to be like the thing that people remember about her?
0: (laughs) Here are my thoughts about this. She has no political career because she took on Donald Trump in this primary. He's not going to put her back in his cabinet. No. So her career with the Trump administration is done. Yes. And her career as a politician who's relevant to Americans is done. Probably. And once you have all of those things and we're living in a wild time where the president has 91 indictments and yeah. she is the only person who managed to stick it out in the race long enough to even be in, you know, to even be in everyone's conversation. She outlasted people who were front runners last year at this time. Right. Um and she has nothing else to live for, really, because yeah. she is not th- this is the end of her road no matter what my feeling is just like and listen i know she's not courageous enough to do this so don't worry about it right but i feel like go balls to the wall you will my feeling is she would be able to find people to fund her continued campaign because there are people who are very like who are deeply concerned about the trump uh sort of uh movement inside of the republican apparatus like there are a lot of like sort of base you know, Republican operatives are very concerned about the Trump movement. Sure. So I think that there's a world in which her campaign could continue to fundraise enough to just stay in the race. Don't, just don't drop out. You don't have to, you're not going to win anything. Don't worry about it. Just mind your business, you know. Don't, stay home if you want. But just like, stay in the race. Don't officially drop out. Don't do anything because your career is over anyway. So who fucking cares what you, how embarrassing it is on the way out. Like, don't, don't worry about it. Um, Yeah. I feel like then, if I'm her, again, I don't really care what happens because she's not going to become the candidate. So right. whatever. But if I'm her, then I'm sort of like in a position where if the other shoe, you know, empty the other shoe, if the other, if the hammer drops, if the other shoe falls, whatever sure. happens with Trump. If Trump goes to jail, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> right.
1: Um, or dies. Or
0: dies. Or any of the things. Right. Then you're like. Have
1: syphilis, so we don't the, know. <laughs> that's true. Or leprosy. Or leprosy.
0: <laughs> um, then you're the de facto other person. And that's yeah. all she cur- currently has going for her. Yeah. She stayed in long enough to be the de facto other person. Yeah. So like, go big. You know, know, stick it out. Pull yeah. in some kind of constituency. And then, I don't know, Here, he, she's on his Veep shortlist for some reason. So, like, get in there. Right. Stay in the race as long as right. humanly possible. Right. Because you're not going to be the Veep if he drops out. Right. If he goes to jail, you're not going to be the Veep. And also, you're not going to be the Veep if he doesn't go to jail. And so, <laughs> the only way that you really um, can succeed moving forward is to do something ballsy.
1: I mean... And sure. this has
0: already been such an embarrassment. It's like why not go bigger?
1: I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I could just see her being the type of person who like wants to continue to be able to like go to fancy luncheons oh, in South Carolina without having to be Is that kind of person. the world's most embarrassed embarrassing. She's human. not
0: courageous enough to do any of this. My I'm just saying my advice to her is to be a little courageous. I just huh. don't see a downside in going out in even more of an embarrassing fashion than you're currently going out. Right.
1: And let me tell you, you couldn't go out in a more embarrassing fashion than Ron DeSantis did. That is too true. Who dropped out and then immediately endorsed the man who's been belittling him for the last what year. What
0: a spineless loser.
1: What <laughs> a spineless loser. And I mean.
0: he also, not only did he drop out with a fake Winston Churchill quote <laughs> oh, yeah, that true. has been attributed to both Winston Churchill and Abraham Lincoln.
1: But maybe neither of but
0: them. But maybe neither of them <laughs> on the internet. Um, but I feel that there was a political headline today that I feel like really sums up the the sort of... Uh, torpedoing of the Ron DeSantis experience, which is Florida insiders fear vengeful DeSantis will, quote, burn it all down.
1: <laughs> oh, Florida
0: really set themselves up for this.
1: I mean, they did. It couldn't um, happen to a worse place, really. But
0: speaking of people who have no career ahead of them and nowhere to go, yeah, I know that some people think that Florida will just welcome him back with open arms. And I see why they think that, because their standards are quite low in Florida. Oh, yeah. I feel like he doesn't even have a career in Florida after this, because... And listen, this would have to be litigated at a ballot box of some sort. Like this is not for me, no one is gonna say this to anyone. But he he basically moved to Iowa for much of the last couple years. And in that time, Florida has had like numerous huge natural disasters. Uh, And so it's like an a la, you know, Ted Cruz going to Mexico during the ice storm situation repeatedly in a state that is going to be continually faced with these disasters and reminded of the time that they had no governor during the last natural disaster over and over and over again. I feel like not because of his bad politics, not even because he pissed off Disney. Well, I was going to
1: say the Disney of it all is Right. I mean, that I
0: think is the most concerning political liability he has. But I think that there's actually probably a world in which Florida voters are like why couldn't this guy be evil here when we needed him? (laughs) Right. Like, where was he when we needed him? Because the one thing that Florida has is natural disasters. Right. Like, that's the one reason they need a governor. Every other thing that we've proven they don't need a governor for because they're not, you know, it's it's a mess over there. But they do need a governor when there's a natural disaster, and he's missed multiple of them. Yeah. And I also think there's the money to take him on because Disney's not – trying to deal with him anymore
1: right you No, know? i agree but, so but i, I think do even fe- he
0: doesn't have a career no
1: i well i agree and we've we Which is also why i thought he
0: should stay in the race
1: well well i was gonna say honestly he's the person that it makes the next most yeah. sense to go to if it's not going to be trump and i understand that like he dropped out and obviously was not on the 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 well he was on the ballot in new hampshire but i mean you know it was not a contender but i mean I, I would assume that if trump does end up dead or in prison that like if they relitigated this primary without him, then DeSantis also probably like hands Nikki Haley her ass. Yeah. I probably don't Although, know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not in New Hampshire, but we should also remind people too, if you are are not aware, but um that is not a clo- that's an open primary. Right. So Demo- Democrats reg- voted registered in that. well, registered Democrats can't vote in it, but all of no, the no, independents no. can request whichever ballot they want. Right. And that is not the case in most places. So exactly. that's one of the reasons why this was as close as it was and so like in a lot of these places that have closed primaries which there's a ton of coming up especially on super tuesday like that is these aren't going to be as close just for that reason just because it's only going to be registered republicans and trump even in new hampshire tonight killed her with the registered republicans so like and i'm sure trump is going to remind everybody of that either later tonight or tomorrow is that like the only reason that she was even close at all was because you know the rhinos and the independents voted for her
0: yeah i feel like Desantis has in part ruined his career because he's shown that he actually couldn't be a reliable stand-in for trump oh i think that if you are a political operative in the republican party right now policy-wise absolutely in terms of your ability to generate votes from human people like an absolute no because he's wonky and silly right he's like a wonky person and i feel like part of what those people like trump has a natural charisma and he is entertaining and he is funny and sorry about that, because I know that he's right. terrible. But he's also fun to watch. And, you know, I think underestimating what that does for him and is that they can do it at their peril. But if, you know, a Ron DeSantis type figure does not offer the quality that actually makes Trump a viable candidate. It's not Trump's policies that are making him a viable candidate. It's his it's his character. Right. And DeSantis does not have that. He makes Trump's policies sound as dumb as they are.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: And that you know, like I think that's you know we're looking at a very different vision with someone like Nikki Haley. She's really going like a traditional political route in terms of like the way that she speaks and the sort of her presentation. Sure. And that you know can also
1: as conservative as anyone,
0: as conservative as anyone, <laughs> as loony as Trump himself. But she's presenting herself very differently, but also right. in a way that kind of carries its own legitimacy. And her problem is probably going to be that she's a woman. But um, but I also feel like. The one group of people I don't worry about not being able to elect a woman is Republicans because they'll elect a historic first for anything if it's sticking it to Democrats. Yeah. I had a big disagreement with my parents about this over the um, holidays where they were like, no, the Republicans would never vote for a woman. And I was like, I think that they would. I think they don't. They have no principles. So even if they hate women, if there's a woman who hates women... They're happy to vote for that woman.
1: Sure. You know,
0: I don't think that they have principles at all, even enough to, to, to not be hypocrites within themselves. Right. So I don't worry about that. But I do feel like someone like DeSantis does not offer any sort, any of the kind of like draw that a Trump figure has. And he has all the liabilities.
1: I agree. Yeah. They would, I mean, so still, I don't think that he
0: becomes the de facto, is all I'm saying. Uh,
1: maybe not de facto. I still yeah. think he wins a head-to-head primary against her, even through oh, all of his faults. Oh, agree. Like, if if, if there's no Donald Trump in primary, just I think them. that, like, right, yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I yeah. just don't think party operatives would pluck him back in.
1: Oh, you're probably right. That's right, because where I they've, think now, they've now seen they've Seen, seen the him laugh. Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: they've seen him try to laugh. Yeah,
1: I agree with that, yeah. Um,
0: so I don't think he ends up in this situation. There's also now—oh, by the way, Vivek Ramaswamy also dropped out after Iowa— Maybe yeah. you heard about it. Maybe you didn't. Right,
1: George Trump obviously because like, what else is going to?
0: There was a great tweet that was like said something like this has been a test of like the Harvard Business School. It was mm-hmm. like a study from Harvard Business School <laughs> oh, is now concluded. Right. Thank <laughs> you so much for your time. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, in any case, we also now because we have a de facto winner of the primary um, have a lot of people sort of positioning themselves to be on the Veep shortlist. And sure. one of the funniest of those is Tim Scott, who is now pretending to get engaged to his pretend girlfriend um, so that he seems more VP. You might have heard when he was running for president about how he went and found a girlfriend.
1: Right. She was at one of the debates, I believe.
0: I, yeah, I think that she was. Um, he's So Tim Scott is 58 years old. Mm-hmm. His bride-to-be is Mindy Nose. Um, sure. He met her at church. They claim to be dating for about a year. He proposed on the beach after thinking about popping the question after a game of pickleball. Sure. But an important note that came up in the reporting of all of this that we had not known was the long uh, stretch of Tim Scott being a proud adult virgin Yeah. early in his political career. Mm-hmm. So starting in the mid-90s, when he was running for city council in Charleston, um, he was frequently described in press as a proud 30-year-old virgin he got the support of the national abstinence education association he went on to co-sponsor the abstinence education reallocation act which would have funded abstinence education Mm -hmm. um, and called for teaching quote the skills needed to resist the negative influences of the pervasive sex saturated culture Mm. but sadly when he um went for his, went up for his Senate run in 2012, he was asked, are you still a virgin? Sure. And why? Because he had already he had already announced that he was. <laughs> yes. And um, sadly, in 2012, when the National Journal came, ask, came knocking on that, he, um, you know, they were asking if he was sticking to his pledge of abstinence. He said, not as well as I did then. Oh,
1: dear.
0: Um, he was 46 at the time. He said he hadn't changed his mind that sex before marriage was a bad idea. But he said, the Bible's right. You're better off to wait. I just wish we all had more patience.
1: Oh, well... This is what happens when you're resisting having sex with men that's right. as a religious person from South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, his fellow South Carolina senator is doing the same.
0: Absolutely. A lot of, a lot of adult virgins <laughs> in, the, in the South Carolina Senate. Uh,
1: but that's how you end up being a you know, 40-something-year-old virgin being asked about this, right. is because you've really been trying to not have sex with men your entire life.
0: When I feel like a good way to cover yourself in that situation is to announce to everyone that you're a proud adult virgin, because then everyone's like, <laughs> well... I mean, he's not having sex with anyone. He's a proud adult virgin, and he was willing to say that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so funny, because it's one thing, listen, I don't condone journalists prying into politicians' lives to find out if they're adult virgins I know, Lila
1: was, like, pulling information from the story earlier today, and she was, like, telling me about the entire sort of, like, you know, story of his virginity and lost virginity and things, and I was like, why do... We know this about him, and the only reason I was gonna say, and the only reason that we know is because he told us. Yeah. So like, you don't need to be telling people that you're a proud thirty year old virgin. You don't need to be. You could have told the National Journal to fuck off when they asked you if you had. You didn't have to say anything about the Bible. You didn't have to do. You didn't have to do anything other than not be telling everyone about your fucking sex life. Right. No, but he was proud to. He
0: he was proud to be a virgin. That was the only Uh, route available to him, as somebody who couldn't have sex with men. In any case. Um, we have a lot of reasons to believe that this pretend girlfriend and pretend engagement are pretend. The right. most important of them are that all these announcements only come when he's about to make a big political announcement or making <laughs> right. a push for a big political. Yeah. Um,
1: oh, he endorsed Trump also, which like how sad for him.
0: I, so sad. I mean,
1: but, also, again, not surprising, but like, but g- kind of gross. Yeah.
0: And what's sadder is pretending to get engaged so that you can be on the beep shortlist. <laughs> I know everything that's happening with Tim Scott right now is like pretty maximum sad. And you know what? It makes me respect Lindsey Graham a little more. Lindsey Graham is just <laughs> proudly being as lunatic-y as right, he is. Right, he didn't
1: take on a fake fiance. He did never
0: he? got a fake fiance. He never had a fake marriage. He's been living with his what sister, or whatever. No. I mean, he's he's right. he's a bachelor.
1: Writing out the just, the the Lady G. Uh, that's right. <laughs> you know, Twitter firestorm. I mean. He's thriving, really. Thriving, <laughs> and he's
0: being Maximum himself. Right. Which is a crazy person to be. And but isn't
1: going around to talking to news organizations about whether he is or ha- no. isn't having sex with people.
0: There is no way that Lindsey Graham answers a and question. And thank God, because you know what? I, I don't want to know that kind of thing. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. No. Too funny. Um, other people out there... On the short list, people are talking about Elise Stefanik. Right. Vanity Fair says that she's at the top of Trump's shortlist. Right. We got a, some other names floated um, to us as well. What, it, did,
1: what did you say about Elise Stefanik? You were like, it should be her considering the fact that she's basically like staked her entire career on her, <laughs> you know, because cause she used to be sort of she's like been a moderate. Qu- she was a quasi reasonable person. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she was a moderate who worked on a lot of bipartisan legislation. She was one of the go-to Republicans for moderate Democrats who were looking for a bipartisan right, support really. for their bills. And she just like did a weird 180 one day. Yeah. And no one knows what happened. Yeah. And no one, you know, people who used to say that they liked her and found her, you know, were friends with her and found her pleasant were like, I don't know what the fuck is going on now. Yeah. She's basically staked her entire political yeah, career on it. getting a Trump appointment of some sort. So yeah. if she doesn't, then she's really fucked herself because yeah. this is The only thing that she currently has going for her
1: yeah
0: um so elise stefanik chose choosing not to be a power player in the middle and instead trying to be a power player on the far right i think that's foolish i think if you have the power to be in the middle where the real sticks in the mud are i mean that's where the power is look at joe manchin (laughs) sure you know you can hold up anything from the middle when you're on the far fringes it's like who fucking cares what you think everyone knows you're not reasonable yeah right be the yeah pers- she threw her she threw her
1: lot in with a questionable with a, yeah you know have the guts wow.
0: to be the stick in the mud in the middle that's a much more uh right, sort of think brave- you way more seriously people not, take like, you too. more seriously it's a braver position like you know if you're worried about your right. legacy people will talk about how you know how principled and brave you were! Like the way that they were right. trying to do with John McCain. Like,
1: oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm.
0: not particularly, but okay, John McCain. Like, <laughs> right. but like, you can you you end up walking away. You end up having a lifelong political career and then getting congratulated from all sides for the great work that you did holding up everything. Yeah, if you stay in the middle, when you go to the far right, you history is going to either laugh you off or you're going to be part of a Nazi cabinet. But there's not, like, a lot of in-between no. for you to work with. In any case, other names being floated, Sarah Huckabee Sanders.
1: Oh, I have to stop you and talk oh, about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Perfect. Because she um is, I've seen a few, have you seen this clip from her from Face the Nation or Meet the Press or something f- from yeah. this past weekend? I don't know, she really got held to the fire about sort of, like, some specific bill that she didn't accept federal money from for, like, I don't know, mother's... Uh, like their uh uh, mortality rate sure sure uh and anyway she sounded like an idiot like she always does but what i want to talk about specifically and you should look it up i want all of you to look it up they really it she is looking like an ai version of herself oh in the sense that her face isn't moving which listen we've all had a little bit of botox so i'm not here to argue with that but like something she's always had like a very low energy sort of yes. thing about her and her voice is also sort of like very monotone which is not helping the situation but she just has this like the the face and the voice and the it not moving and, uh, and the slow talking it all feels very sort of like uh, that she's like part robot
0: Interesting. Also on Face the Nation, she was asked whether um she would like to that she no, that she was told she was being vetted to be Trump's or that people oh, had yeah. heard that she she's being vetted and she was asked if she would be interested and she kind of said no, oh. like she kind of well, implied you do. I know, but you you say you you say no no in a coy way oh, yeah, where sure. she kind of was like, I would kind of like to serve the people of Arkansas, oh. like in a way where it kind of sounded like oh, I don't know does she want to okay. be Trump's VP? Yeah. If I were her. And I were the daughter of the not late and not so great Mike Huckabee, one of the worst timing politicians with the worst timing in all of human history.. <laughs> right. um, I would maybe be able to see the writing on the wall that the Trump movement has a shelf life that maybe ends with you dying in a bunker or something. Like I don't know how it ends exactly. Yeah, it doesn't end in like a like a normal way, but it ends abruptly. And then you don't have a right. political career because you're either <laughs> right. dead or in jail after yeah. that. So I feel like if I'm the daughter of somebody who's been able to exist poor timing and all in the political system for all this time, being crazy without any real repercussions, as far as I can tell, <laughs> I other
1: yeah. than not
0: getting to ever be the president. Yeah, like I'm kind of like, do I want to be in this administration? Right. This seems like it might be a bad idea. Right.
1: Watch this though, really okay. quick. Okay. Okay. We're gonna. You, you can. I'm gonna describe. We're, to gonna our describe, we're watching quote, a we're Face seen. the
0: Nation quote. Oh. You see what I mean? Her, she almost looks yeah, like she's Yeah, she even looks a like, she. Uh, what is that? She's like not a, smiling with her eyes.
1: <laughs> no, she's got a very slow blink. Yes. Too.
0: Yeah, and she also did a weird bobblehead thing that looked like an AI bobble. Like it, she kind of like um tilted her head in a way that didn't yeah. look like a natural human head tilt.
1: Right, and she's not really moving.
0: No, it's she's very still, and yeah. all, her hair is very still. Everything is very still. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is a concerning. That's, it's. Yes, concerning. It's concerning.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. In any case,
0: other people being floated for the short list. Uh, Christy Nome,
1: Oh, sure. The old South Dakota yep.
0: governor extraordinaire. Yep. Um, Marsha Blackburn.
1: Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, where is she from? Tennessee? Where, uh, where is
0: she from? I think she's from Tennessee, right?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: And then, of course, we have the... Failed candidate Carrie Lake from Arizona. Obsessed with that. I mean, hope that that's what happens. That's a Sarah Palin style appointment, um, if ever I've heard of one. And then apparently Nikki Haley's name is also in the mix. I mean, that's what you say to be polite, I guess. But um, but so that's so, first of all, it's clear that he's looking for women and Tim Scott. (laughs) Right. Right. Because he's trying to. This is what I'm saying about Republicans though. He's just right. trying to outmatch the Kamala well, Harris of it. All. And it's like, doesn't matter if it's stupid and if he's doing it right. in the most overt and dumb way, because right. Republicans will fall for that shit.
1: That, well, and that's the thing, because like Republicans are already on Democratic Democrats' case for playing identity politics. Yes. And listen, I'm with them a lot of times. Yeah. If we're being honest. Too true. But like they would love to be like, I'll show you identity politics. That's right. Right? Like that that would They're, nothing would make them More happy.
0: They love to complain about identity politics and then pull some historic first out of a hat. Oh, yeah. And then shove it down every Democrat's throat while, you know, Democrats busily, like, have a really diverse primary and then, you know, go elect the one white man because they think no one else can be elected. And (laughs) Republicans are happy to be like, we'll show you. Right. You know, I I don't, I, I think about that with the Bush administration all the time because... That's the Bush administration was chock full of historic firsts. We have Condoleezza Rice and we have oh, Colin Powell and yeah, sure, I mean, like, right. you know, they were not afraid yeah. of a historic first in that administration. Yeah. All those people were evil.
1: Right, exactly. But
0: you can find evil people of any color, creed, or Yeah, sure. Anything. I mean, evil people are everywhere, you guys. Yeah. So, like, it's not that like the identity politics thing is also dumb in part because the way the Democrats play it is so like on the nose and overt that it leaves Republicans open to picking right, an I evil well, person a, who just like, well, it's a black person. Well, I, a, they're evil. I know.
1: But like. I mean, Joe Biden has found black people, women, trans people of all sorts to continue to make sure that we have every war that we could right. have in front of us. Right. I mean, and, like and, amongst other things. I mean, I'm just using that if as Republicans of your an example, have done the same like, thing. The same thing. Right. So exactly. like
0: that's part of why to, to not stress. And we've been talking about this a lot in terms of how, um, uh pack endorsements go, me and Brent recently because oh, yeah. we're thinking of writing something about this. But yeah, yeah. we got some um,
1: hot op-eds coming out, guys. Some
0: hot op eds coming out.
1: <laughs> we're, we're saying that so you can hold us to it. That's
0: right. If you haven't <laughs> we'll, seen we'll an op-ed from us
1: in a couple months, um, tweet please. Us. call us out on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but part of what is frustrating about the way that we, you know, sort of frame identity politics, because of course it's important to have representative if, people yes, in government. Yeah, we're like, not
1: declaring like that it's not like, right.
0: The to to not to care to not care about the politics of those representative right. people though is a problem. Yeah. Because it is possible to be a hypocrite and an asshole. Yeah. No matter who you are. Yeah. And it turns out that a lot of those people are who get ahead in politics. Right. Yeah. Um so in any case. So this is a perfect example of the Republicans just somehow doing exactly what we've done in a way that is just as brazen as the democrats have done in terms of like just brazenly picking some sort of identity marker to you know to appoint there to to look for a a running mate with or whatever and they're just gonna do it to show us right and it's gonna be dumb (laughs) and they're not gonna worry about it no but also what's happening with democrats because this is currently, one of the frustrations of both the Republican and Democratic primaries right now, is this is shaping up to be the lowest turnout year in like all of human oh, history. 100%. I cannot imagine one single person wanting to vote in this election. Well, no, but we, we know that they don't. And we know that nobody does. And that is not just Donald Trump's fault. That is also Joe Biden's fault. 100%. And this fucks over every
1: down-ballot candidate yeah, it's, so it's hard. It's horrible. And we know, and specific, and it's going to be worse for Democrats, because we know that we need the turnout right like the democrats do better in the the turnout years because like you know democrats god bless them are sometimes not great about voting all the time (laughs) (laughs) so you really got to get them jazzed
0: that's and so they've done one of the things that they always like to do in the biden camp is make hires from the progressive world for communication staff so they just hired a former spokesperson from aoc lauren hitt um, and for their communications team. They did this before sure. with Simone Sanders in the last race, who was a sure. you know a Sanders um, mouthpiece. And then they also hired uh, some, a, a researcher, a research director who used to work on the problem with John Stewart and Patriot Act with Hassan Minhaj. So they're trying to get the, the youths, I guess. I don't know
1: what... I guess.
0: Um, but then in the same breath, they also brought John Kerry on board, right. who looks like a melting wax statue of right. John Kerry. also 80. And he's 80 years yeah, old.
1: Yeah, he's leaving his post as like the, you know, climate... Envoy, which is like fine because that's it was a fake post anyway. Yeah, um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about that that are like a, a separate <laughs> but related entire podcast because I, I mean, whatever, I don't yeah. care. I, I don't, I really don't care what the Biden campaign is doing. No. Truth be told, because let's not, it's a,
0: irrelevant. You know, no one's gonna vote, n-
1: no one's gonna, v- and I'm not voting for that. No, it's so well,
0: it's gonna be the kind of
1: and, like, what's AOC's former communication director doing for anybody? Like, well, God, I mean, maybe she's I, lovely. I, I, well, I don't know. Well, and she know, also, she like, may I, be
0: good at communicating with younger voters, and it's they're not going to give her anything to work with. Right. It's like you have to, at the end of the day, yeah. be the, able the to candidate communicate is something. The candidate. Right. right. You have to be able to have something to communicate as yeah. a communications person. And yeah. if you don't have the policy pieces in place, like I think a lot of the time they misunderstand what was so appealing about an AOC because part of the appeal was that she was, she was a great communicator and she was a compelling speaker and all of those things. Absolutely. But also she was peddling popular policies.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Without the popular policies piece, you don't have much. Right. The same is true of Fetterman. It's, yeah, it was great that he had such a great communication staff during his campaign yeah. since he was basically like in a bunker that whole time. Right. But also, the policy was policy people were interested in. Right. You have to have the policy piece. And that's where the Biden campaign... And now he's is, a
1: Republican all of a sudden. So who knows I know, what happened nobody, with that. I know. But, I it's, mean, yeah. Things have fallen apart yeah.
0: quickly. Um, but also, they're making what I think is... I mean, I guess the only choice available to them, but also a confusing choice given the candidate that they have, which is to basically like... Lean heavily onto the reproductive justice issue. Well, I and have said, Missy, every other candidate that would be the right choice.
1: I mean, I well, I agree, but I still think that, and and we've said this, and and maybe it's not necessarily specifically reproductive rights, although I feel like that's still, even in you know the midterms, we saw that that was driving people. I feel like their best chance against anyone is to make it about the courts. Yes. Uh, uh, so, like, and obviously, reproductive rights is the way to go there. But you're right. I mean, like somebody who has notably, you know, not been great on abortion since the beginning of time.
0: They to to have this defining moment in women's reproductive justice, to have Joe Biden be the president while that's happening, have achieved next to nothing in terms of you know, sort of mitigating the results of it. They're right. just now releasing a bunch of executive orders that are meant to kind of like address some of the concerns that have r- risen in the sort of post-Roe era. But it's just such an awkward sell because everybody knows he doesn't actually care about this issue. <laughs> I know. And I think that that's where you run into issues. How, you know, it, the same thing happened with Clinton Kane, Tim Kane, yes. was the absolute worst choice of running mate for her. Right. I'm sure he's a nice guy, and I feel bad that he has long COVID, but he was <laughs> like, he. <laughs> He is notably personally pro-life, right? So it doesn't matter. He was in favor of the Hyde Amendment. It doesn't matter if he decided not to care about that while he was running with Hillary Clinton. We're talking about Team Hyde Amendment here, being the people you know who are going to shepherd our reproductive rights through this horrifying time. It's just such an awkward problem to be having. And so listen, they're going to have to lean on Kamala Harris really heavily, which is too bad because she seems to have lost the ability to speak competently in public. Listen. What is going on with her? I don't know.
1: I texted you about this yesterday. Yes. Because I had... She did a longer interview on CNN last night, which I did not see, but they were playing clips of it throughout the the day, and she was, you know, is just... Has done some recent events of late, you know, talking about right. reproductive rights. Well, out, she's on the out, Reproductive Freedoms out, Tour. Right. Right. Exactly. Where is she going? Because nobody has them. <laughs> That's, I know. Uh, well, she's going to have a lot of stops to make. <laughs> right. But I... And we've talked about this, it's been a while before on the podcast, but like, this is a woman who has has a record of being able to speak in complete sentences. We have seen her do this in we've, person. We've seen her she was do our it in person. She was our senator. She was good. She was on the Judiciary Committee. We saw, we saw her hold a lot of people's feet yes. to the fire. We saw her interrogate a lot of these Supreme Court justices yes. who are now on the bench about this very subject. and. I don't know. I re- and listen. I know that the the being the vice president is, is silliness like, is absolute silliness. Yeah. But it seems as though it has caused her to truly forget how to like string sentences it's, together. It's
0: so which wild. I didn't
1: have. I didn't see coming. I would have thought that no. like maybe okay. Well, like your day to day is probably awful, and I get that. Yeah. But it's like you know, three years ago, you were still you know generally able to like.
0: Like a speaking Uh, human being. uh, Right. No, it's so weird. And I can't tell whether this is something that has been sort of foisted on her where she is like being... I, I mean, I know she's not being given proper prep for these remarks. Sure. Because she's... Obviously, freaking out in front of microphones right. constantly. Well, and, and they I also, also
1: right, and they also at the beginning they were like, "Here, handle the border," and right. here, handle like they gave her all of the absolute they set like, up to most fail immediately. thankless things to do. So, like when she got interviewed about those things, she probably there was nothing good that she could say. Right. So she floundered and she sounded like right. a goon. But and, some of
0: these flubs,
1: like you can't give an answer about like the importance of reproductive. Well, and this is an issue right? that she is a, a, she has a, always a been fluff quite interview on CNN like, like
0: quite articulate on right this is an issue that her campaign featured really heavily this is an issue that she spoke really well on at a time like (laughs) it is just so confusing what's going on with her yeah and it's not great in a race where everyone else is a doddering old person (laughs) because she's like currently the only person involved in the presidential race who's not one billion years old and it's like if she's gonna have dementia i don't know what's gonna happen so that's a real mess that we're in. It's too bad,
1: really. They're
0: also they're they're kind of, you know, they're staking a lot of their um of, of their strategy on reproductive justice at present. Right. They've really like been They've been on, you know, they're on this reproductive justice tour. They've sent Kamala out on this tour. Uh, they also announced a few executive actions. One is a program to educate patients and doctors about their rights, because apparently now they've gotten quite confusing. Um, sure. And also a le- one complaint that people have been making is that um, it, it was very challenging to submit a complaint when you were denied an abortion to DHHS, which has like a, it it's theoretically has like a sort of a compliance uh you know office of some sort and so they're expanding that um compliance office because there there were issues you know i think in oklahoma there was a woman who got sent to basically like wait in the parking lot until her health deteriorated to the point where she qualified for an emergency abortion and like they didn't have a way to complain about that to anyone yeah and so um so they've sort of beefed up that office of course that doesn't address the fact that people are in such desperate need of that office at the moment, but okay. Um, They're going to also release some guidance requiring insurers to cover more contraceptives at no cost under the ACA, um, and also specifically send guidance to insurers who cover federal workers to require them to inform their enrollees about this. Um, And then they're also, I think, planning a rule to strengthen privacy protections under HIPAA for pregnant people who get an abortion. but. None of these things feel like they get to the root problem, which is that women are being denied access to reproductive care in many, many states across the country, often against voters' will, right. um, and that the administration doesn't seem empowered to take any sort of hard line on it. And part of the reason that they don't feel, Im- I, here's the thing that I think I'm frustrated about with this, and the reason that I say that this issue, is that it's frustrating to me that this is gonna have to be their like lead issue, is if I am the president when something that bizarrely like a historic I don't know if that's a word um yes yeah, I think it is um if I'm president when something that overturns every precedent and endangers the lives of this many people happens I like start just trying stuff immediately. Well, I take
1: action. We talked about this at the and time because we were so yes. mad about this because they should have seen it coming considering the makeup of the court. They had they no knew, plan. They knew that this... Well, and a draft ca-
0: got released of the decision. Right, exactly. So actually Even everyone before, should have seen everyone, it coming. <laughs>
1: everyone knew. But they also, you know, I mean, like they knew that this was working its way through the courts. Right. They kn- and they knew, they had to have known, uh, they should have known, like, l- this is a problem for the party also, yes. not just the administration because totally. they should have known once Trump became the president that that was exactly be a, the. potential. That, that was there just there had to be a but,
0: plan in place and, and when there wasn't a plan in place, the one thing we needed to see was the president be really fucking angry about it.
1: Well I, I know and this is and that was the thing because you'll and I think it's interesting that they're announcing all these things because we there were things at the time which they I think just hoped that people would forget about and I think that many of them have mm-hmm. honestly yeah. but this was at this was a time when people were talking about expanding the court. This was a time when people were talking about getting rid of the filibuster because then you could maybe pass abortion rights because there would be 51 senators who would vote for it. And these were all things, and maybe there's not enough senators to actually do that anyway, but there was never, these were all things that he got asked about at the time and he didn't want to get on board with any of them. If this is the issue of our time that you are going to bank your entire re-election strategy on, then it seems like you should be going a whole hog.
0: Well, and you shouldn't be just doing a bunch of minor focus group tested executive orders. Well, that's Because they're... that's what these feel like. They feel like they focus group tested a bunch of very minor policy changes that could be theoretically called, you know, addressing, you know, like theoretically called reproductive justice right. executive orders. And listen, do anything. Like try one thing, any <laughs> sure. of the things. Yeah. But like... I feel like if this is the, if this is what they can offer us is A, this has very much the feeling of this is the most important election of our lifetime type speeches where it's like, if you just keep threatening that they're going to take away our abortion rights and then they did and you didn't do anything about it, what do we need you for? And then, so like there's already the sort of inability to answer that question because what have they done to stop this? Nothing. You know who have done things to stop this is states have put constitutional amendments on the ballot to stop this. Yeah. People state level actors have done something to stop this that's the only people who've taken any action and why wasn't that a coordinated action why isn't that on the ballot in every state then you know like why isn't the d trip also thinking about how that affects their re-election campaigns not in a way where it's like we can threaten people with this scary thing but in a way that's like we can show them that us being in power accomplished something right which they have clearly chosen not to pursue
1: well that's their this is what they do is that they you know, nibble around the edges. Yeah. And that's essentially. This is not a time for nibbling. No. But that, you know, is what they promised us in their initial that's campaign right. that they were going to do, right? right? I mean, they. And they're doing it. So and, congratulations <laughs> to all of us, I right, guess. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I just. They to, promised if, very few things. They delivered on very few things and then didn't deliver on the other things. And that feels about right to me.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> oh, I, you're right. Oh, oh, oh. I feel frustrated that then they no, would attempt too, to but, make this their centerpiece of their campaign. Right.
1: But also, it's, like, not. You without know, doing anything n- not have a big idea
0: right have any ideas yeah. have a small idea these aren't <laughs> even small ideas these no. are focus group tested minor policy these are these are like you know procedural changes yeah like what do I need a procedural change yeah. for a, ladies are being sent to the Oklahoma parking lot to die you know yeah. of, outside of hospitals because they're not yet dead like it's it's yeah. it's not enough to have to let people know what their rights are under it's like fuck off yeah. in any case. Um, what's going on with Dean Phillips? Some of the saddest, saddest media I've ever seen. An event with Andrew Yang, where they said, name a more iconic duo, and it was immediately possible to name 74 more iconic duos than Dean Phillips and Andrew Yang. But also, we've stumbled upon a really important fact about his biography.
1: Yeah. I learned this while listening to his interview on The Breakfast Club. That's
0: right.
1: Like you do. Yeah, like you do. Um, he... Is the grandson of Dear Abby? Yeah, and in in this we discovered that Dear Abby and Ann Landers are identical twins. That's outrageous! Right. Two
0: famous advice columnists from history. Yeah. Apparently, warring advice columnists. Yes,
1: you found. They exactly. were Ident- identical ap- twins. Identical also. twins. Yeah. They were
0: estranged for years because of their warring advice column syndication needs.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So that's
1: crazy. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's also like the Belvedere Vodka and Talenti Gelato guy. I, He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah.
0: Dean for the most random things.
1: <laughs> right, I no. Yeah. Everything
0: about this is random. Yeah. And also, I was surprised that Dear Abby and Ann Landers, A, that's not anyone's name in this scenario, so don't even worry about their real names. But B, they're from Iowa. Both of yeah. them. I mean, as identical twins. Right. Ann Landers wrote for the San Francisco Chronicle, didn't she? I
1: don't know. <laughs> that was a column. Oh, well, it was syndicated. I mean, it was syndicated, but I think yeah.
0: it started in San Francisco.
1: Oh, maybe. I don't. So, know. I don't know. Interesting. Um,
0: yeah. in any case, what a world to have warring identical twin advice columnists.
1: Wild. Like be
0: your grandparent or yeah. your grandmother and yeah. her twin identical yeah. twin sister.
1: Yeah. And also that whole Belvedere vodka thing. I was like yeah. listening to this interview and he was talking about it, which is why I knew this, but like apparent so he comes from a family of like it's Phillips like distilling or something like that. I don't know. They like make alcohol and it's like a big business that's in Minnesota. So they were like, you know, rich ish people. I mean, they were well off for sure. And it's been around since like 1912 or something like that. But anyway, they, they sold schnapps. They were schnapps sellers. (laughs) Apparently they went over to Poland and some other European countries to like, you know, peddle their schnapps. And, you know, people in Europe were like, sorry, but no. Uh, But anyway, they were in Poland And they had this Belvedere vodka, which was, like, nothing at the time. And they were like, oh, well, we'll distribute that. And it didn't sell forever until, like, it was in that Jay-Z video where he was, like, drinking Belvedere vodka. And then all of a sudden they got, like, insanely rich off of Belvedere vodka. So random. Because Jay-Z drank it in a music video.
0: Also, you guys, Tolenti Gelato is not great.
1: Oh. I I wouldn't. I don't know.
0: I know. Because I know everything about the ice (laughs) Ice cream market. Sure. And it's like... You you and Joe Biden. Me and Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine it's not all natural ingredients and it has some i would argue uh it it has the taste of a of a, oh, of a gelato that doesn't feel as all natural yeah. as
1: why is somehow. it so fucking expensive then
0: it's so fucking it's expensive. So expensive it's expensive because it comes in those ridiculous plastic containers
1: uh-huh.
0: it's bad for the environment sure and their gelatos, okay. i mean their um sorbet's is okay. Oh, okay
1: but i interesting. would
0: contend that their gelatos not the greatest gelato. That's weird That's because it really gelato. is
1: like the... It's the gelato game no, in town. At least in, I, in the grocery store town. For
0: a long time... I mean, I don't know anymore because I think Chabella got sold to some other company. But Chaubella uh-huh. was better.
1: Oh, okay. I don't know that I've had it. I don't know that I've had Talenti.
0: No, I've i I've had all of them, obviously. Yeah, but I've, had, I've tried to limit my yeah. access to some of yeah. them.
1: Here's what I'm going to say about Dean Phyllis before we leave this. And I think that some of these policies are probably self-serving in the way that he probably... One of the ways that he's trying to get people to vote for him is to find a lane to Biden's left, which, granted, is a wide lane. It's
0: any <laughs> it's a, anyone it's a, running it's a could be in that lane. lane.
1: But I will say and the reasons that he gives for these policies is because he has gone out and spoken to people. Right. He is. I mean, literally, he didn't get elected that long ago and immediately was like, I'm a moderate, joined the Problem Solvers Caucus. Right. Since he started campaigning, he has come out for Medicare for All. Right. He's in favor of reparations and a myriad of other things that I do feel like... And I don't know how genuine he is about any right. of these things. And like I said, it could be just because he's sort of like trying again to sort of like Find any fish lane. for votes. Right. But I do... Admire to a degree, anyway, the idea that going out into the world and finding that 70% of your party wants Medicare for all is good enough reason for you as a candidate to support Medicare for all. That's right. I feel like there's a note there for mm-hmm. some fucking people, including our current president.
0: Really, <laughs> anyone who wants to be in step with 70% of voters in the United States.
1: Right? Because like, it's not supports hard. It's, Medicare not hard. For it's, it's not hard. Not hard. Yeah.
0: And by the way, if we learned anything <clears throat> from the Liz Warren flub of a lifetime. You can say you're for Medicare for All yeah. and then not actually be doing right. anything Nobody's to
1: looking for the math on that.
0: No. It's no one even <laughs> understands the math. Like the fact that so many people think that a public option is the first step on the way to Medicare for All when I know for certain, me and mysteriously Van Jones know for certain that it's not. It's the last step. It's the last step. Before you before don't, you have, don't have Medicare for All. <laughs> right. Um and before you lose really any publicly funded healthcare. Like I no one's no one understands anything about healthcare. Say anything. <laughs> that's
1: Say anything. where
0: the young people's votes are. Yeah. It's it's so easy. In any case, anyone who's doing literally any math out there in society is finding out that they're that everyone's in favor yeah. of Medicare for all. It's uh, sadly the people who aren't in favor of Medicare for all are the people who bankroll our political system. So that's right. too bad. In any <laughs> case, a question for you: Does Donald Trump have leprosy? Maybe. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I the internet weighed in this week Um, on donald trump was there was a photo of him waving where he has these weird red spots on his hand um at which point uh tim miller from the bulwark wrote does donald trump have early stage leprosy
1: and and that's when we found out that florida is basically a leper colony that's right which tracks
0: that feels right (laughs) um so there's a possibility that leprosy gets him before the courts do. Sure. We don't know. There's also a possibility that he fell because he's an old person and probably had to go to the hospital, be- spent three weeks there, but we didn't find out about it know. because that's what well, happens to
1: the old people. we didn't even know that he was near dead from COVID while exactly. he was actively the president.
0: Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of possibilities with these hand, these red dots on his hand. Yeah. Um, I like the cinematic, the cinematic uh, nature of the leprosy idea. Oh, same. I feel like he should run with that. <laughs> because...
1: And then be like, I was saved by Christ, even though I think you can, now you just get an antibiotic for that.
0: Yeah, I think they have figured out how, there's a reason we don't have leper colonies anymore. However, I feel like I'm excited about the possibility of him claiming, him denying that he has it for so long that he runs out the antibiotic window.
1: Oh, yeah. But it is antibiotics i just looked
0: yeah yeah well there had to be a reason that you don't have leper colonies anymore (laughs) i mean (laughs) well that's true there used to be also and it's not that hard it's not that easy to transfer leprosy to other transmit leprosy to other people it's very hard to get so like i feel like the fact that you don't hear about it anymore and anyone who has ever had leprosy is now living in regular society in florida in florida right (laughs) is probably a sign that it's treatable if you try Yeah. You can't treat it by drinking bleach, though, which might be the preferred method of Floridians uh, dealing with any kind no. of health concern. Uh, yeah. but oh,
1: boy.
0: In any case, that's the news this week. Next week, I assume we'll have some sort of updates on the courts. There was some... Oh, yeah, we got to do that. We got to talk about the courts. I know that there was some attempt to get around a DC gag order that got denied recently, yeah. but I want a more in-depth update There's about where um, these cases stand. There's also some of Bonnie Willis Williams, yes. uh, drama. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we got to... not great.
0: No, I know. We gotta, um, we gotta get an update for you about that.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, now that the primary is basically over, you probably don't have to hear about it until Super Tuesday, when we'll report just how badly right. uh, everyone else lost to.
1: Right. Yeah. Donald what Trump. is it? We got um, February twenty fourth or something like that. Yeah. I think. So we South have weeks Carolina. to go. So. Yeah.
0: Look out for some other information in the meantime. Oh boy. Oh, boy. Um, and until then, well, you'll be hearing from us. So yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to you <laughs> right. next week. Bye. Bye.